I hope you're having a really great day. In today's teaching, we're going to be looking at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 through 17. And I'm going to just read those few verses out of the message translation. And here we go. Work at getting along with each other with God. Otherwise, you'll never get so much as a glimpse of God. Make sure no one gets left out of God's generosity. Keep a sharp eye out for the weeds of bitter discontent. A thistle or two gone to seed can ruin a whole garden in no time. Watch out for the Esau syndrome, trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. You well know how Esau later regretted that impulsive act and wanted God's blessings. But by then, it was too late. Tears or no tears. So here we're talking about endure by rejecting a corrupt life. And the real question I propose today is, how do we become holy? How does, how does this all work? Well, the strong words and phrases, I think, in the scripture that we just read in the New Living Translation says, work at living in peace with everyone. This holy life, look after others, watch out. Otherwise, there is such a thing as being too late for repentance. And Esau was the prime example when he sold his birthright and gave it up. He lost everything. And obviously, he regretted everything that he lost. Well then, how do we become holy? Let's take a look at 1 Peter 1-2. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and His Spirit has made you holy. Oh, there's a good one. And His Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. So by Him giving you the Holy Spirit, you've learned to become obedient. You've learned to obey Him. Take a look at Romans 14, verses 20 through 23. Don't tear apart work of God over what you eat. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it might cause another believer to stumble. This is all part of holiness, folks. And then in verse 22, it says, You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. They're blessed. Verse 23, But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. Now that's an interesting note. This is about you now. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. The main body of the scripture that we initially read says that we should work at living in peace. You have to go out of your way. Working is meeting resistance. Otherwise, you wouldn't be working. Similar to physical fitness training, strength comes what from resistance. Psalms 15.2 uh, refers to he that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness 
and speaketh the truth in his heart. It means to make, do, to create. There is work to be done when it says, for at living in peace with everyone. That means the sinful world as well. This, this has to be intentional. We have to be focused and look for opportunities to be peaceful and be holy. Looking for those opportunities. Take a look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of men, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. There's our goal, is serving Christ, not people or trying to get pleasing thoughts from people. James 2, verse 14 through 17 says, Faith is no good without actions for the poor or those in need. That's a good verse. If you take a look at what it teaches when it says, Look after each other in verse 15. Philippians 2, verses 3 through 5 is a great one to follow up on. It says that we shouldn't look at only for ourselves, but for the interest of others as well. Don't just look out for yourself. Look out for other people. God will take care of you if you'll help take care of others. I like what Matthew Henry's commentary says. Several motives to brotherly love are mentioned. If you expect or experience the benefit of God's compassions to yourselves, be compassionate one to another. It is the joy of ministers to see people like-minded. Christ came to humble us. Let there be among us a spirit of pride. We must be severe upon our own faults and quick in observing our own defects, but ready to make favorable allowances to others. We must kindly care for others, but not be busybodies in other men's matters. Neither inward nor outward peace can be enjoyed without lowliness of mind. Matthew Henry's got some great commentaries. I love what he says. If we take a look at uh, Proverbs 19:17, if you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord and he will repay you. What a great act of holiness. If you're lending to the Lord, you can't go wrong. That's the best collateral you can ever have. 1 Timothy 5.8 Providing for your own, especially for those in your own household. But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Boy, that's a real in-your-face statement, isn't it? Such people are worse than unbelievers if you don't care for your own household. That's a strong statement. Matthew 18, 6, But whoever shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me. So Jesus is saying, don't be offensive towards people. That's the bottom line. Romans 12, 15, Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be compassionate with each other. Romans 14, uh, verse 19 through 22, talks about, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace. And Romans 15, 1, We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. When you look at verse 17 of our main body of the scripture, it says, Don't wait until it's too late for repentance. Here's the takeaways. One is to be holy. That is to accept Christ, living a holy life, and work at it. Secondly, live in peace 
and work at it. Third, look after each other. Fourth, keep people from falling short of the grace of God. And fifth, watch out that you don't become susceptible to the poisons of this world and then pass it along to others. Now I'm sure you can come away with other takeaways and I'd encourage you to write them down and then take a glance at them once in a while. Maybe on a daily basis is good. I love what John Lake uh, said. He said, the power of God is equal to every emergency and is great enough for the deliverance of every soul from every oppression. He refers to this verse of 1 Corinthians 2, 4, and 5, and I like it. It says, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Let your wisdom come from the power of God. Let your insight come from living through Christ. Let your living be in peace and let people follow the act that you're walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Take a look at yourself. Are we walking in his footsteps? Have a great day.